0: Hello and welcome to the Be In Bane podcast, the show that inspires Black voices with inspiring Black voices and celebrates stories of Black excellence. We are your hosts, Ori and Sidji on a banjo. I'm really looking forward to this one today.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a good one today. Um, we're joined by our guest Yasmin Taylor. Uh, Yasmin, how are you?
2: I'm um, fine, thank you. I'm glad to be on this. I was really excited when you kind of sent me the brief, and um, I think the title name of the podcast is quite provocative: "To Be in Vain." So, yeah, I'm really excited to be here.
1: Yeah, we've we've had quite a bit of feedback about that mm. actually, um, but good feedback, like people saying actually it's a really good thing that you're you know trying to bring the stories and the inspiration behind Black people forward. So. Um, and that's not even just from black people, it's from all races. Mm-hmm. Like they understand the reason why it's, we're doing it. So yeah, yeah it's, all, it's all positive. Yeah, Yasmin is someone who I first came across you, I think it was a couple of months ago now, wasn't it? When I read your article on Medium uh, yeah. called The Guide to Becoming a DevOps Goddess. Yeah. And do you, know how, do you know how I know it was a good article? Because it took me 15 minutes to read.
2: Oh, excellent. <laughs>
1: It's and I read it to the on the end.
2: Pub, but I was like, are people actually taking like 15 minutes to read it or is it just like a um automated algorithm that assumes it would be 15 minutes? So yeah,
1: no, yeah. it took a long time to read, <laughs> but um and a faster thing as well in today's day and age where you have like TikTok and Instagram with uh, their 15-second videos or one-minute videos, it's hard to keep people's attention for that long.
0: Yeah, so
1: yeah, no, it was it was actually really informative, and I'm a bit of a geek myself because I work in tech, so and um, we we literally did our own devops webinar at work like last week so oh. i've been reading a bit more about devops and things like that so when i read the article i was like okay cool and also it wasn't your usual mm. average devops article was it because it starts off with a picture <laughs> of you looking good <laughs> like you're ready to slay <laughs> like hair makeup everything on point and I was like, okay, this... And you were in some kind of yoga pose or karate pose. Yeah, because
2: I, sure. I was trying to be like a sensei goddess, but yeah, I don't know, maybe people didn't get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: But I was like, okay, this isn't going to be your usual um, usual DevOps article. And yeah, you actually wrote something in it as well, like in the introduction, which when I read but I was like, okay, I need to get you on this pod uh, because you, you wrote... Um, about the fact that one of the hardest things you face in tech is mm. the fact that you're the only person of color um, from working class background and the only female too. Um, and it was hard for you to try and convince people that you're capable and you always kind of felt like you had to go above and beyond. Yeah. And I think that's a struggle that a lot mm. of people face. So again, it would be good to kind of touch mm. on that a little bit too. On top of that, initially i didn't quite connect with dots but earlier this year as well you went viral with some tweets that you put on twitter uh talking about what you do and how much you earn yeah and it caused a bit of controversy but as i said to you last time i actually think it's a good thing because it encourages a conversation actually around things like you know pay gaps and yeah um, actually like how, how can people get to that level so I, I i saw what you're trying to do and yeah we'll, we'll touch on that as well um but I think that's kind of enough for me by way of an introduction so I'm going to shut up because this isn't the CG
0: monologues
1: (laughs) 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 um and yeah we'll kind of let, let you do some talking
0: yeah so um Yasmin can you tell us a little bit more about uh what DevOps is what it involves I mean I don't know that much about it myself so it'd be good to hear and for our listeners as well
2: Yeah, so DevOps actually is um, a set of practices that an organization works towards to help improve efficiency and automation within a business. Um, so we have different kind of mythologies that we work towards. I don't know when it started, but I would say maybe 2017, 2018, all of a sudden there was a big boom of automation during because of the likes of AI. But at the same time we managed to move into a field where DevOps is now not only just seen as a practice or a mythology to work towards, it actually changed into a job title. So um, I'm not sure if you're kind of aware of like project management. It's literally like calling somebody a project management engineer or prince to engineer, like mm-hmm. it, it, it didn't make sense. So in the beginning, um, the market in regards to being a DevOps engineer was purely cloud-based because a lot of people that work in the cloud industry work in a very flexible and agile way since everything is automated. And the mythology that we adhere to is DevOps. Mm. I think with the boom of the cloud industry, people are just kind of like, oh, DevOps engineer. So it's somebody that is able to, um, grasp the concept of improving automation and efficiency, um, for the business, being cost effective, and also doing that within projects of migrating to the cloud. Yes. So, I first got involved in 2019, oh, yeah, about 2019, and that was my first actual job title as a cloud engineer. But when I actually got into the role, um, it was basically a combination of my consultancy skills, my coding skills, just being the person to kind of understand coding, express it to layman terms. And at the same time, kind of projects own or handhold the customers into the migration with the cloud, which is obviously um, a massive project. You've got different cloud providers such as AWS, GCP and Azure. So boom, all of a sudden I was a cloud engineer. And then um, it kind of just went really well. Um, and then I would say a year later the cloud industry kind of went to a boom and then it literally was just like oh you do cloud and Mm -hmm. some people were like they've been in the cloud for five years I was like how how have you been you know in the cloud for five years so that's just the thing with IT as soon as a buzzword is about Mm -hmm. you actually notice that that buzzword is just a title but on the back end people are still um, developing systems to accommodate that buzzword if that makes sense what's actually happened now is that You've got people or companies that are looking for DevOps engineers and you've got some companies that are looking for DevOps engineers, but are maybe more so software engineers or Linux engineers or Python engineers or consultants. So there's been many times that maybe I've applied for a job and it's only when you get through to the second stage, you're noticing they're looking for like a software engineer that's like 10 years deep, but they're calling <laughs> it DevOps. So That's so a bit
1: blurred, isn't it?
2: Yeah what what's actually happened now with the market hence why i wrote the article because Mm. everyone was just like oh like um you devops and um i've kind of been in it for quite a while so i've always kind of like related to the americans and how they kind of speak about tech because they speak about in a very free and antagonistic way and at the same time they show a lot of their characters characteristics Mm. whereas i think uk people are a bit more reserved in that sense
1: yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah because I think um it's it's very true when you talk about like the buzzwords and that like I was having a chat with someone uh, a couple of days ago and they're talking like now DevSecOps and like other buzzwords coming out and I said I've not even heard of that one but (laughs) (laughs) but um, it's it's all kind of the same thing but that's what that's what happens in our industry isn't it like there's a buzzword something comes on and people kind of twist it and make of it like what they will
2: Yeah, honestly, like um, I got a degree in AI robotics and even before DevOps, I've always been quite keen on kind of just improving processes with automation or like through coding languages. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being in a field where like cloud and DevOps is kind of being merged, knowing that DevOps is a mythology. Hey, one day someone called me and said, hey, we've got a really cool, interesting job title. This is actually for DevOps ML Ops engineer. And you're like, what the hell is that? (laughs) You know, and then, so basically it's just a combination of somebody that can come on board that's quite excited to use and has a degree maybe in machine learning and data sets and somebody that knows how to work in the cloud. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's just having that ability to merge it together and they teach you and they pay up to like 120K. You're just like, oh, okay, cool. I'll
0: <laughs> take that.
2: <laughs> so it's it's just really, it's just really weird. I mean, in regards to um, DevSecOps, it's literally somebody that has maybe, works or played around in the cloud knows how to code and probably has worked in cybersecurity for mm-hmm. a number of years and then boom the SecOps engineer yeah in two yeah. years time it's going to be something else
1: it's going to be something else yeah, yeah. Like, that's what you got you got to keep up with the, mm. like the trend of things isn't it
2: job titles and be like yeah, yeah like
1: <laughs> well my job title is growth director and but it, it, it could mean so many different mm. things it's quite vague um but that's like one of the things in our field like everyone which has vague job titles but, um, okay, so you spoke about how you studied um, AI and machine learning. So, maybe if you can tell us a bit more about your journey and how you got to where you are today, because I'm sure as a child you weren't like, I want to be a DevOps engineer <laughs> because it didn't even exist back then. So,
2: like, no, exactly. no. What,
1: what was it you even wanted to be? Have you always um. wanted to get into technology?
2: Yeah, I've always wanted to get into tech. I've always been really good at science. Um but there was always a struggle between um maybe going into the creative arts such as drama because my personality and tech and mm. obviously having an African dad is like no you do engineering. Like <laughs> be an actress Standard. in your own time kind of thing. And I think that was a um, really good advice because I genuinely love tech and science It's my passion. Mm. Um originally I wanted to study um astrophysics or alternate um aeronautical engineering and yeah. that was just um purely because of my love of like sci-fi and like watching the discovery channels and just seeing yeah. the, the kind of tech they're developing in the like in Asia and stuff so I've always had that kind of um, mindset
1: futuristic
2: yeah I love vibe. it yeah so um went to uni um originally was going to study mechanical engineering and aeronautical engineering and then um I literally watched a documentary two weeks before why I had to submit my courses on um the future of AI and robotics and, um, coincidentally, um, I was in college and I was student president and, um, I got contacted by a uni that was applying if I wanted to join their artificial intelligence and robotics course. And at the time it was pretty much of a gamble because in 2011, who knows about AI and it's literally like studying, um, archaeology like cool but you know there's no fossil where you're gonna dig fossils um so I studied AI I got chosen to study AI and robotics got a bursary for it but um, I was mostly kind of focusing on the mechanical engineering side as my backup plan within Mm. the module um graduated in 2014 no one knew what AI was knew how to code but I didn't really feel like my personality or my sex or skin color really fit in the environments of like Java developers no offense they were all like older white men very introverted behind the scenes and I was just like mentally I don't think I could do that Mm. so my first job was actually in technical sales where obviously gift of the gab love talking absolutely flew and um, yeah I I would say that's how I started my career within technical sales always being in environments of know-how of the next technology to use and how to sell it and stuff Mm. and then I guess my technical side really just kind of came out and shone because when consulting clients I would always be able to speak about technical issues and help them debug it in a certain yeah. type of way.
1: AI and machine learning back in 2011 was you know even you doing that course but you're not a little bit like what can I do with this because back then I don't think there were many people talking about it mm. you're one of um, probably the few people who are looking into a future and going this is definitely,
2: definitely yeah. the future. Um. What I wanted to do with it initially in the beginning was literally just to build um automation or algorithm, but I was focusing on driverless cars. Mm, okay. So I got my final dissertation on driverless cars. So that was what I wanted to go into, just automation with household appliances, driverless cars, driverless buses and stuff. Um, but even though i I done quite a lot of talks on it and I kind of created quite a lot of um, prototypes you know, to get funding to do that or just to actually get a job that enables you to do that was always kind of rerouting me towards being a mechanical engineer and taking up a internship mm. in Coventry. And I was like, for BMW, which is great, but I was like, that's not what I wanted to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's really interesting. And you kind of touched as well a little bit on how you didn't quite suit a Java developer. So maybe talk a little bit more about what the diversity is like and the
2: dynamics oh, gosh. i mean people are complaining about you know put the b in Bayman. um no diversity in tech but you should have really seen how it was in 2011 to 2014 there wasn't even any space as a black person or woman to go into work with dreads especially working in tech i think there's so much stereotypes about tech um it is kind of like a rich wild asian games the people at the top have the money so here you are you know black woman just turned 21 you graduated in AI and you're just working with people that are maybe your age no a bit older than you Mm. and they're all white introverted behind the I just thought you know I wouldn't really fit into that and I wasn't confident as to where AI would really go to be honest with you Mm.
1: yeah yeah I hear that still and and now what's it looking like now
2: Oh, now, I mean, I would definitely say it's beaming. Luckily for me, I've kind of kept my feet wet in the pond per se, because even if I haven't necessarily been out there designing prototype driverless cars in my spare time, I've always been an advocate for the future of AI, and I've done lots of talks on it. And I've Mm -hmm. also just kind of done lots of like creative fake studies on what I would create and how I would create it. So when it came to the time, I think it was winter of like 2017, and there was like an AI boom, I created a YouTube channel and that obviously went viral as well because like, oh, she's black, like she does computer science, black women in tech, blah, blah. And that just kind of opened doors for me because in the roles I was working at this stage, I had kind of progressed quite nicely from sales to service delivery management. But within my service delivery management roles, I was still doing quite a lot of automating of like scripts and Boolean searches in the background. So when when there was like, the new buzzwords of AI, and plus I have a degree in it. It was very easy for companies to kind of put me in and just help merge that together. So yeah. um yeah, and then I went to reschool, went to Goldsmith University, done a three month course in data science, machine learning and Python, which obviously helped plus my degree. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, I would definitely say it's um okay right now for me.
1: Yeah. And I mean just kind of talking about AI, because I wrote something on this a little while ago as well. And there's a lot of talk at the moment in the space of AI with diversity Mm -hmm. and the fact that we have to be careful with the algorithms that are being created because of the bias that is within them. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really good having, it's good having black people Mm -hmm. involved because it's not just the data sets, is it, that can lead to bias. It's actually the mentality of the people who are actually working on the technology.
0: Exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. And
1: if there's not a diverse group of people working on it, then you're going to come out with a product or a machine or a computer or AI that also isn't fundamentally fair.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that's um, been the main thing to kind of hold AI back. I think there's so many great ideas out there from driverless cars to automated household appliances to like Alexa. But, you know, weirdly enough, not in a narcissistic way, when you have the ability to code and you are coding into a machine, you are basically that machine's god. So if I, the God per se, am racist or prejudiced or homophobic or sexist, then we're now just going to create intelligent or sentient beings that are just powerful and replications of our Mm. stereotypical ways. So um, I actually remember of my degree, I wrote like a AI Bible kind of thing. I don't think it went very far, but it was just a concept of like, machine shall not kill, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But then even when even as humans our concept of religion and morality is so divisive anyway so how are we going to create worldwide automated Mm. beings what is the one rule that they follow i Mm. can say i don't believe in homophobia but maybe somebody that's a java developer in dubai does how is that gonna it's really complicated so i think it's um it's definitely something that's going to set back and i think technology gives you a range of different tools to kind of make the human life easier but then you kind of clock okay I'm making stuff easier but then am I kind of eliminated the concept of needing humans so I think um, it's not as it's a the concept of it can be very advanced but I feel like um ethically we've still got quite a long way to go before we integrate things
1: yeah 100% yeah 100% do
2: you
1: see yourself in the future going more towards the AI side of
2: tech um I'm just happy to move where technology goes and I think AI gave me a great foundation because once you can automate you can do anything can mold your your way really
0: mm-hmm. so how do you how do you find being a, a black woman in your field right now like what's that like for you do you feel like there's any differences in terms of like how you're treated or do you feel people you know kind of respect you for your talent and what you're able to to bring to the table
2: um that's a really um hard question predominantly because i feel like being a woman in tech even if i weren't black there's so much isms you face so sometimes when i look at certain hardships i've had in my career i'm not sure if it's black so i'm not sure Mm -hmm. if it's racism sexism ageism or classism like it could be any ism but i guess being black just puts a whole dampen on it Mm -hmm. because i have worked with some black people that seem to be like okay in in working environments and that's just primarily because they were born in a different class Mm. if that makes sense so I would say so far from my issue in tech um, it's probably been more so sexism and classism if that makes sense and I guess being a black woman from a working class environment even if my salary doesn't depict that I'm no longer working class I think you know your mannerisms even stuff like talking with your hands all very ghetto maybe to some so it's, it's definitely stuff mm. that, you know, had to um, unlearn.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I find myself doing that a lot, like, in general, just talking with my hands.
2: I think it's just cultural as well, regardless of your class, it's just as a Black African or Caribbean person, we're just very animated. So it is kind of hard to, so I just sit on my hands and I'm at work. <laughs>
0: how How do you feel like, so do you feel it's negatively perceived to be that animated in a, I guess, in a typical Black way? By other people in your you know your team or the company that you work in
2: um do you know what sometimes um, I think it depends on the company that you work in and the job title if I'm working in sales, I think some people kind of see it as I don't know it can be seen as passionate that you're young regardless of your mm. color and maybe you're using your hands but you're pointed to the board and, you know stuff like that if you're kind of like maybe working in tech where it's a bit more rigid it can be seen as a bit maybe um, unprofessional.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. I think working in tech, like, and I, tr- I try and avoid stereotypes because my thing is always be yourself. Like, mm. bring bring yourself to work. I mean, what do you reckon?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to like adapt to the professionalism of the environment yeah. you're working in, but then it's like, I guess it's that thing of like, am I changing my behaviour because these people are white, or you know, they come from a particular type of background, or am yeah. I changing my behaviour because I feel like. I want to kind of improve myself, and for me, I feel like this I, I want to portray myself in a slightly different way for my own reasons, or is it about them? and I think sometimes the line can be blurred where yeah. it's like how much of yourself do you erase to kind of make space for the other people that you're having to you know interact with or work with so that you can be i guess accepted yeah in that space ultimately.
2: Yeah I mean I call it assimilation and I've always referred to myself as like a chameleon just able to adapt in different environments. I think I kind of stopped being in the mindset where I'm changing my mannerisms to pander to the white gaze and just changing my mannerisms because I'm working in a professional Mm. environment if that makes sense but being black and being animated isn't connotated to being ghetto or unprofessional it's mm. just there are just certain things there's no need to do in mm. the work environment yeah. Yeah. I think even the aspects of maybe being in a board meeting and talking with your hands and like being like okay boom that's not racist <laughs> it's because there you have to learn to expand your vocabulary and even if you are using your hand it's that's
0: fair. Yeah. do you get what I mean but yeah, yeah.
2: I, okay. I think there's not a lot of black people that kind of want to get into that mindset because then it's like oh the white people won and it's just like no it's just
1: yes it's about being yourself but also understand the context of where you are which would be the same as anything
2: yeah it's psychology because um I could definitely say when I used to use my hands a lot it was to act as a distraction or buffer for the words that I couldn't use but when I maybe extended my vocabulary I noticed that there was less use to use my hands because I'm not trying to distract anyone because I know what I'm trying to say
1: yeah
2: so uh, yeah it just depends on the person yeah
1: it's still good, though, sometimes in the board, we need to be like, all right, boom, listen,
2: <laughs> this
1: is what we got here. Yeah. Just wake everyone up a little bit. <laughs> I saw, actually, that you're you've, you've involved in a conference coming up, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, go on, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Um, so that's the um, TLA Black Women in Tech. It's on behalf of Deloitte, which I'm really excited about. Ooh. And um, it's just talking about, obviously, Black History Month, Black Women in Tech, that are excellent. So thanks for that. And um, I'll also be doing a segment on knowing your worth, you know, how to get into the industry and salary negotiation, of course, because that's what people were really excited to sign up on based on the blog. So, yeah.
1: And that's that's actually, it's kind of gone full circle into um, a good segue into sort of how we got to know you in the first place. Yeah. So for the the audience that kind of don't know the background, you want to kind of explain a little bit about what happens?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, obviously in DevOps, um, I wrote a guide on, you know, how to become a DevOps goddess, primarily use the word goddess because tech can be very masculinated. And I was like, why would I say I'm a god, I say I'm a goddess. And I just wrote an article, 50 minute read on, you know, who I am, what interested me in tech, um, what a DevOps person does, the languages that I used, um, interview questions, um, free website links on how to get certifications, what to study, um, and obviously my salary. Um, in the beginning, people loved it, and some people didn't. And yeah,
1: because it, it it did blow up, didn't it? Like on Twitter, it got it got a lot of attention. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, a lot. Like I think it was there was a hashtag trending as well, and like you had different people talking about it. And um yeah. I mean, how how did that make you feel? Like, what was your kind of own reaction to it?
2: Um in the beginning, um so the way obviously Twitter works is like it works in segments of comments and threads. Mm -hmm. So when I first posted it, um I would say Twitter is kind of like your mini universe. So there's just Twitter, maybe blog posts, and then there's Twitter tech, Twitter Finance, Twitter anything. So I'm mostly kind of in the normal black community of Twitter and also Twitter tech.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I follow quite a lot of American women that I look up to in tech and I think Americans are a bit more open with their salary and their hustle and their grind. So Mm at the time I was working for an American company. So I was getting quite a lot of feed into, you know, how it feels to be like in tech and stuff. And they were quite commercial in that sense. So I decided to write a blog post on, you know, what it means to be in DevOps and how I got here. And obviously putting my salary. Mm. Um, Tweeting my salary plus the blog post, people thought, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much, like for bringing me in. But then I think it came to a time on Twitter where it kind of moved out of tech Twitter Mm. and then, got separated from the actual blog so it just mm. looked like I had tweeted hey I'm 27 and I'm earning X, Y, and Z." some people didn't really um take to that as if what it was boastful um why would you share your salary clearly just want to stunt, and then it just kind of went on from there
1: yeah and yeah because w- when I was having a conversation with someone like the thing for me was actually what you said you were earning wasn't e- like in technology it's not even that unheard of you know what I'm yeah. saying but I think it's probably the mm. context of people not really understanding yeah. the world of tech, and it be, it being a high amount. So yeah, I mean, how? Yeah how how did you how did you handle that? How did you feel?
2: It was really weird because, um, like I said, I had American tech Twitter that were just like, you know, um, she's doing well. What's the problem? And somebody quote tweeted me saying that how, hey, I also released an article and how. I make 800 pounds a day on SEO marketing and other people like, yeah. And she was like hosting seminars for like a thousand pounds for like teaching people for the month. So they were so much more open to like accommodating, especially black women in tech earning a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, America is very like open with their money and very like hustle culture. So yeah. when it was translated over here in the UK, it just kind of span and it just was seen as boasting per se. I even did mention that at the time it was, 80k from one job and 50k from another job that was kind of like a side hustle that I was apart from hence the okay. combination of a salary
0: yeah. and
2: then obviously uk twitter was like well you said you're on 130 that's from two jobs not one that's misleading and i was like if i was a millionaire with 10 streams of income should i say i'm not because it should be from one like what, <laughs> what are you talking about and then somebody else said well you know i've checked her linkedin she's moved around quite a lot she's a contractor of course you're going to be on that coolest spade of spade
0: hmm. so i'm
2: just like i was a contractor but as of now i'm perm as i said but let's just say i was earning 500 or 600 pound a day as a contract which hmm. amounts to me to six figures is that is the money different from contracting is it fake is it like a different GDP yeah, yeah yeah so it was just a lot of Backlash and just weird, snide kind of like compliments, uh, if that makes sense, which is kind of confusing because apart from like working in tech and even before I announced my salary, I've always been on the front line of being an advocate for being a black woman in tech. I hold free and cheap coding classes. I speak at colleges and events. So I've been in the community kind of helping for free. So um, I didn't understand why there was such a negative backlash and being connotated to boasting for sharing my salary when we do live in a society which is very materialistic. People are taking pictures of diamonds and cars and money and boasting about I earn a grand a day from early fans. So, what's yeah. the- I done that from tech? I don't. I was really. Yeah, it's,
1: it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the the message behind what you're trying to put out there got lost because mm-hmm. it became more about how much you earn and not actually how can how can I earn that kind of money? How how can yeah. I do that in a legitimate way? Like you say. Um, and it is true what you just said about the fact that society is very materialistic. Mm. And if you see a footballer or, or a musician or someone like that with their cars, their whips, and all that kind of thing, you go, like, it's, people don't start cutting them on it, isn't it? They just. Yeah,
2: like, you don't go, oh, why are you posting your car for Yeah, you can't afford their walking? Like, so I was just like, I'm a black woman, you know, there's so much stereotypes about a black person. I'm sharing my salary with a step by step blog and how to get there. But even if I didn't share the blog and I just tweeted, yep, I'm 100- earning 130k, 27 black working tech, why is that not allowed? Mm-hmm. So that, that was one thing that shocked me and it was really surprising the amount of backlash I especially got from black women. Um, not all, but some because I was like, you know, I think the culture on Twitter at the time was very much, you know, I'm not going 50-50, you know, man, burking me, you know, kind of thing. Like, you look at these girls' Instagrams that were dragging me and they're Obviously, you don't want to enjoy a life of luxury, which isn't bad, but mm. why is it okay to do that but not? It, it was just, it was very weird. It was very weird. Yeah. Mm.
1: So so do you think it was more like a U- US versus UK Twitter or do you think it's actually like specifically black Twitter a little bit that with getting on you?
2: I would say in the beginning it was mostly black Twitter getting on me, but most of my um, people that were backing me actually came from US Twitter, black, white or Asian. They were just like... Mm she's done nothing wrong like why would you do that kind of thing I <laughs> then showed a spreadsheet of like um mm-hmm. hey this is me and my companies. we're very transparent with our salaries in tech like I don't see what's wrong then my manager that I was working for for the American company he used it as marketing ammo I was just like oh this is one of our like engineers he's earning this so it was, it was very weird it was very weird um and regards to the UK side I, it was I would say I kind of got off lucky because it blew up so much on Twitter. They actually went on to LinkedIn and um, the UK corporate professional market absolutely loved it, absolutely loved it. And it gave me the opportunity to kind of move on to be interviewed for roles, which some of them I didn't get, that were giving me six figures from one job, And I was Mm. like, oh, and that was just based on the fact of, no, you're right. We do need more salary transparency. I've been watching your LinkedIn. You've done really well. So that was the blessing that kind of came out of it.
0: So, like, how do you, how did it affect you mentally, though, when you got all that backlash and you know people being quite nasty and yeah, jealous? it sounds like a lot of there was probably a lot of jealousy in in that. Um, yeah, how did you feel?
2: Oh gosh, it was horrible because it's one thing to go viral, but I think when you're going viral and it's something about your career and because I had been so open, I had been so open about um, not only my salary, I had shared, I had shared um, access to my LinkedIn. Um, it obviously, shows my company and my personal email address it's like I'm going viral but people are so triggered to the point where mm. they are now trying to affect my livelihood per se right. so mm. uh, and apart from that it was the beginning of lockdown so you can imagine being isolated don't mm. know what's going on you know people getting made redundant and furloughed left right and center and then you've mm. gone viral and then as soon as you know it, somebody had contacted my old employer to insinuate that the fact that I have a side hustle that's paying me is a breach of contract.
1: Wow. People actually went to those lengths.
2: Yeah, my employer called me the next day I was just like, your article's nice, but we've had a lot of complaints from our Twitter page of people mm. saying, you know, why did you say that you're on six figures mm. and they want to know what I'm really on? And it was quite embarrassing because from that company, I was only getting paid at 80K. So it looks like, are you lying? Mm. And then a part of that, um I guess I was quite negligent and I didn't read the contract because I was working for a government-based data company so um even though the other company I was working for wasn't a competitor because I was working for such a sensitive data company I couldn't do too so um in the end they were just kind of like it's all right but um we kind of have to clean this up and in the end I just decided to leave because yeah again only black girl and it was just embarrassing like you know luckily I've got opportunities from that but yeah it was it was quite hard and then Obviously, I find that out. Then I was just like, Do you know what? You lot enjoy the hood. And then that just spiralled out of control as well. Yeah. Mm.
1: That's like just jocking that little bit, little match. Yes. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. But I can understand you being, you know, angry and like, you know, I guess to an extent maybe wanting to retaliate a bit because it's like, it's, pers- it's affected you personally. And, yeah. you know, you now had to leave that job. And, you know, you know, it's people that you you know and have worked with before and you know having to have that conversation even in the first place yeah yeah
1: and I think as well like this is one of the things that I'm hoping to get out of this podcast which is us supporting each other and us supporting us like as a community I feel we like black people yes we're all black yeah yeah but we're different like yeah we're, we're not all the same but I think there should be something where we're actually supporting each other and helping each other grow. Like I, me personally, when I see a black person doing well, Mm -hmm. I endorse it. I'll shout from a rooftop, even if I don't really know the person just to kind of elevate Mm -hmm. them. I think we need to do more of that because for you to try and do something good and address so many issues as well, such as like, pay gap between men yeah. and women for example or pay gap between different races just by you putting that tweet out there that's where the conversation should have gone mm.
0: like yeah.
1: how can we get more equality and also how can we get more people into the tech space because like we say it's not very diverse your article and the things that you're doing can help make the space more diverse and it kind of didn't end up going down that route
2: no not at all it went down that route on the corporate professional linkedin side of mm actual black community which I was targeting, it definitely didn't go um down that route. I think after a while they were just like, oh like I want to get into DevOps now. I had people also ring my workplace um asking, applying for the jobs with no experience, wanting to be on that salary. It was really bizarre. I was just like (laughs) you know like why would you try to do that? But I think when you are in a position as a black person where you've done fairly well for yourself, it's very hard to talk to certain aspects of the black community without being called, oh, you know, your classist, you're your A now. Mm. That makes sense. And I think that's why a lot of black people that maybe are in our positions where they have professional jobs in very um, niche places, they literally just go off and say, I've moved out of the hood and I'm not coming back because Mm. the amount of backlash that you get, the jealousy, the who do you think Mm. you are now, it's just not worth it. If it's not pop culture, there's not really as much aspects of, you know, the black culture in Mm. certain segments that really... Like it, I don't know why. That just that's what I've seen so far. You can't even be black and be conservative without somebody sending you a death threat. It's absolutely ridiculous because as black people are not a monolith, we're different. If that makes sense, not every black person struggled in life. Yeah, no, you don't know, always have to come from rags to riches. You can just hey, um, both of my parents are degree educated They pay for me to go to private school here. I here I am. That doesn't invalidate my experience to yours, but.
1: Do do, do you think that's a minority viewpoint or do you think that's like majority of people? Because, I mean, I've experienced similar things, but I would still say it's both a minority of people um, who tend to have that mentality. But it's often sometimes a minority that talk the loudest, if that makes
2: sense. Yeah, I I mean, I think that that is depending on who you are and where you hang around. If you Mm -hmm. maybe grew up in a middle class, upper class environment, um, you probably wouldn't face it as much because they're just used to a certain lifestyle but maybe when Mm. you come from a working class environment plus your minority Mm. it's just a bit more different
0: Mm.
2: yeah so I have noticed that when I do speak to people that maybe um did come from a working class environment but they've academically or financially changed their class or black people that have been born in that class it's easier to have certain conversations without the hint of oh you're boasting because
0: Mm.
2: they don't see as anything to boast about if that makes sense Mm. yeah
1: it's interesting so so what's next for you
2: um next i'm doing my masters um in data science and ai Oh,
1: okay yeah so data science yeah
2: yeah data science and ai and i think it has a module on um, statistical mathematical programming which i'm really excited about so it might be a stat math ops dev (laughs) cloud enthusiast ai machine i don't know i don't know i'm doing that um last my and yeah i thought it would be best in quiet time of covid to try and just sit down and study because now we have the opportunity to do both um mm. currently just work in one role at the moment because you know working two roles even though it was nice to be on six figures for about five months it is really hard If mm. that makes sense. so i guess the aim is to kind of um technically work in one role and then maybe help see if that can allow me to demand six figures from one role at least because time is money but time is mental health so um, mm. yeah that, that's, that's what's next really yeah.
0: yeah yeah I think it's really important like to go for what you want go for your dreams and things but to also have space to just be and kind of actually enjoy what you have yeah. in the present you know and not doing too much you yeah know. That, that's so a, important
2: yeah I think it's um, like I said it was nice being on Six Figures but at the same time um, I have no anxiety maybe working one more for 80k because I feel like that's amazing but mm. the, I guess now is that when you've been known for oh black girl twenty seven six figures, you mm. know, you kind of feel like do I have to go out and tell people that or like it's just it's just weird. Right. Then mm. I kind of handle the mental backlash. Oh, oh did she tap in? It's like oh my gosh, like mm. he was a kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, what um, was you guys' take on the whole kind of like scenario initially? Did you hear it from friends or did you just see it from your own social media?
1: So like I said, I remember there was a group chat conversation going on about. I was part of, and it, it, I didn't clock at the time. It's actually great, I'm actually speaking to you after all that, um, where, you know, someone said, oh, check out Twitter. Because I don't even really use Twitter like that. Um, I've got my Twitter thing, but I've, I literally don't post anything. Um, and they were talking, and there's I like, a debate, like, because oh, I work in tech, and not everyone else in a group chat works in tech. So it's like, oh, okay.
0: it's,
1: so someone's like, oh, is she gassing? Or, like, what, what's she saying? And I was like, no, it sounds like it's a mm. good amount to earn. Like that's that's, that's normal. It's, um, and, ben and they kind of sent me a couple of tweets and sort of how it was kicking off. I actually said at the time, I think what I would be wanting to kind of figure out is how you uh, how are you earning that?
0: Yeah. And
1: How can I get that hustle? How can I get a vibe? And most of the people in the group actually agree because the group chat I'm talking about, yeah, like it's black people, but we're all professionals. We're yeah. we're all yeah. trying to climb that career ladder. We're all trying to hustle. And the mentality was actually
0: Mm.
1: it should like the way it turned negative Mm. isn't how it should have gone. Um, It was, it was definitely, I think entertaining is a wrong word because it was definitely kind of unfolding. But ultimately my take on it was, my take on it was it was brave that you shared your salary like that because for a number of reasons, I wouldn't share my salary partly because of where I work and my position where I work and yeah. Complication around that. So I thought it was brave that you did that. And then I saw the article later and I was like, this is great. I mean, when I, when I, the two kind of got linked together, cause like you said, it got separated, yeah. right? So when the two got linked together, I was like, this is so silly how it ended up playing out. Cause, and I even said to you as well, um, someone else who will be bringing up a podcast at some point. He was saying how, cause so he works in tech. He's a entrepreneur. He's got his own startup. Okay. And he was like, the conversation should have been all about, you know, how like, first of all, how can how can people be making that kind of money in our community in technology? Yeah. How can we get people doing this type of thing? And you even wrote that your article. That's a funny thing. Your article went into detail about DevOps. So if someone's interested enough, mm-hmm. they can actually go and go ahead and do their research and yeah. potentially follow a path that would take them there. So, you know, m- my view on it is, it's a shame. It's a shame what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the intentions that you had were good. Mm. I think not everybody is ready for those conversations. Yeah. That's just evidence of it all. But as I said to you, I don't think you should give up spreading that message. Like, Because I think as a community, we have enough backlash and we have a lot enough yeah. bias and things like that from outside that we know it's going to be a struggle anyway. So we have to fight against that struggle and know that there's going to be people out there who your article and what your post did actually reached and touched, and they're now exploring a different career path, which is going to be a positive one in technology. So, yeah. a, what's it saying? Like, a profit is never like, a, a accepted in their own town or something like that. Or valued in their, or valued in their own town. Or town. Or yeah. like that. Yeah. So, it's like mm. sometimes in our own community, we're not always going to be acknowledged until after the fact. When they look back and go, this is what this person has done for us, and all of that type of thing.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, I did, somebody did tweet me in something along those lines, but then when I agreed, I was then called narcissistic and, and um, trying to be the saviour of black people so I
0: just thought I just oh, okay <laughs> it's like, a very strong comment to make
2: yeah it's coming from yet again a black woman oh she's trying to be so what she's saying that tech is going to be the same she's a tech um tech god and gonna save black people from the hood oh she's such a narcissist I, was like,
0: oh. I think the thing is people don't want to see the whole picture like even if what your intention is like is genuine and it's yeah. good people just want to pick one thing that they can like dig their teeth into and kind of like go on a rant about I yes. think often that's what happens. So I mean, from my perspective it sounded like you were trying to kind of offer information that would be helpful to other people, but you know, it was taken out of context and you know, those people took it and ran with it. Um yeah. but obviously it sounds like your intentions were genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, at the end of the day like what's the purpose of them getting that angry about it? Like you've got your salary. You're the one that's mm. earning that money at the end of the day like even if you thought, oh, why did she put that? Like, wouldn't that just be a thought and then you'd move on? That's what I would think. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, if, if that was my perspective, so.
1: We, we've all got to do better, people. Yeah. Everyone listening. Yeah. Mm. So have you just kind of withdrawn yourself a little bit from those kind of social conversations then?
2: Yeah, I mean, I still am a tech advocate and I still obviously um, are, is doing quite a lot of talks on being in tech, being black, and I wouldn't mind hosting kind of coding classes um, monetarily, if that makes sense. But I guess in the discussion of like salary negotiation, I would help kind of advocate and teach women or black people, especially how to do that. But I don't think going forward, um, I will discuss my salary again, especially like by God's grace, if I hit like a quarter of a mil, I think I'm just...
1: Yeah, just keep that keep, keep <laughs> quiet. Nobody
0: else needs to know. how yeah, you your family. That. Yeah, I'll just keep that quiet. I'll just keep that quiet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I hear that. Um, and so it's kind of talking to why maybe more people don't actually talk about their salaries maybe that is that ends up being the reason because not everyone's ready to have that conversation
0: Mm. yeah it's obviously a touchy subject for some people isn't it otherwise they wouldn't have gotten so angry I think yeah about your own salary you know when you talked about your own yeah it normally comes from something within them um you know that you're going to have that much of a problem that you're going to seek somebody's you know (laughs) workplace out and stuff I mean human beings do project a lot don't they um, it becomes about it becomes about you, but really it's
2: about them. So but I think i have deleted my Twitter account anyway and I'm much more happier on like Instagram mm. and LinkedIn because I think that it's just the culture of of Twitter, really. Mm. Um I think something happened to Patricia Bright as of recently. Uh oh really? Yeah. What she yeah. I think she done a giveaway for um ten thousand pounds towards black women and their businesses, entrepreneurship. And I think the process was kind of long, like a three-page process to be eligible to win the ten k grant. And then I think what happened was simultaneously, Molly May actually also released um, uh, right. Louis Vuitton yeah, and, yeah. and I think it was a black woman that um, thankfully it once won
0: it. Yeah.
2: Put on bag, and then Patricia Bright must tweeted, "Oh." Um, I didn't get as much applicants for my Black woman entrepreneurship for ten k. Maybe if I gave away designer black women would have loved it. Instead, obviously that it was seen as classist and cunish because is she just trying to insinuate that Black women only just want designer handbags? Someone sent it to me and I wasn't as offended, but I understand why she would be in the assumption that there's a lot of Black people women maybe following her platform that are more so interested on you know how to look luxurious but not necessarily attaining the wealth especially if she's saying she didn't get as much signups or saying that her process weren't, wasn't easy but I was like why would you make it easy to win a 10k grant for your company like yeah in regards to being an entrepreneur and obviously you know as a growth director BC funding and pitching it's a, it's a process you're not just gonna
0: mm.
2: enter a live stream and so that just kind of showed the mentality of some people it was weird yeah. I was
0: like yeah I
1: I think I think it's about knowing your audience isn't it yeah Um, and as I think as we said like being black we're not we're not all one person we're not all one voice but we do have shared experiences yeah most of the time especially if you come from a particular class and even if you've left that class like you still have those background and experiences and stories so my aim is I mean, a lot of the work that I do in terms of, like, outreach, stuff like that, is on LinkedIn, where I feel the message is being received. Um, not to say I wouldn't go on Twitter, but yeah. I think LinkedIn is considered a bit more of a professional network, and yeah. schools and universities and people like that, that's, that's where you can kind of reach people and those who are interested will respond. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, it's, a, it's a very interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I do think there's lessons best lessons and teachable moments out there and i hope people who are listening from all classes and all over just realize the fact that we face so many challenges already yeah we need to be supporting each other and look out look out for one another as well at the same time yeah so so yeah i think that's that's kind of my outtake on it all
2: yeah good but um other than that being in tech is is quite good um still quite still underrepresented in the industry, um, which I found still quite surprising. And um there's not there's I have a lot of kind of like black people especially sign up to like my tech seminars, but um luckily enough, which I thought was really cool is that they're more so interested in learning tech to use for their own startup or company ideas rather than mm. working for somebody. So I think that's really exciting.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm actually involved in a scheme um, called 1000 Black Voices. And it's different black startups and tech companies who have gained mentorship from different like companies. And I think uh, Microsoft and some other companies are involved too, mm. uh, as well as my agency. So, you know, it's those kind of things that I want to be doing more of, because that's, that's, that's encouraging, you know, black entrepreneurship, black tech ownership, and getting more black people into technology.
2: Yeah, definitely. That's such a good. I think I've heard of that before. Um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. What,
1: what, what would your What would your advice be to um, a young person listening who wants to get into technology? What, what would you kind of say?
2: Um, don't follow tech for the money. Follow for the passion. Um, you generally have to be interested in tech like being a doctor for instance is a noble job but I would never switch my tech profession to be a doctor because I find biology boring so the money is nice but do it for the passion if you don't have passion it doesn't mean if you're not on six figures or 80k or 70k that you're not doing anything you know just follow your, your passion really
1: cool so I guess you said, you're, you said you're off Twitter so how how can people find you?
2: they can't <laughs> um (laughs) instagram taylor sky so that's t-a-i-l-a underscore s-k-y and um yeah i'll just do instagram not linkedin for now i'll just okay okay fair enough okay They they can find me on instagram um i do quite a lot of just impromptu tech lives on my instagram um but yeah, I think I think the buzz has kind of died down now, which I'm kind of happy about. because it's like, concentrate on something else, like concentrate on me. Yeah. yeah. So.
1: Cool. Um, any any kind of finer words? Anything you want to say?
2: Um, yeah, I have a podcast out. Um, got sponsored by okay. Acast Media, so the podcast is on my page. I'll be releasing it biweekly, and um, yeah, that's what I'll be doing so my next um podcast actually is with a sales director and it's just about um exploring the different avenues of being in tech but mm. not being technical so i started my technical career being non-technical yes. now i technical so yeah you can there's the there's so okay things you can do.
1: and what's the name of the podcast tech with taylor. taylor okay so make sure you check it out everybody all right well it's been it's been really great yeah, speaking to you again great. um i think every time we have a conversation like i'm learning new things and it's always engaging so i love that Thank you everyone for listening. And yeah, this is the Be and BAME podcast. As we said at the start, it's about bringing on inspiring black voices to inspire other black voices and share their stories of excellence and how they've achieved in their career. So we'll have more episodes coming out. Um, thank you again, Yasmin, for joining us. It's been a great interview. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, follow us on Instagram at Be and
0: BAME. Yeah, my personal handle is at London Perinatal Wellness
1: yep and my my Instagram is at Sigi um, S-I-J-I underscore Banjo B-A-N-J-O